the, the summer and the fall as we are entering into the presidential season is uh, by every appearance that we see now going to be extremely volatile. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Um, whether it's people rioting in the streets or just the bare-knuckle uh, political infighting that's going to happen. That's what we're headed for, and, and America may have to choose if they're going to elect a woman to be the first president, uh, be the first woman president of the United States. And so I'm not going to so much get into that part of it, but I'm going to look to the Word of God, and I want to talk about the place and the high place that God has called women to as wives. Now, I I'm uh, I know I'm treading. On, uh, on scorpions a little bit this morning, but um, I want to look what Peter has to say because this, this issue is very, very important to every home and to every marriage, and because of that, to children as well, obviously. And so I want to look at this with you, First Peter chapter 3, as, uh, as we uh, let the Apostle Peter help us. He says, wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives, when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Do not let your adornment merely be outward, arranging your hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good, and are not afraid with any terror. Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. Amen. Let's pray. Amen. Father God, I pray for your mercy, God, upon this congregation. I pray for every home and every marriage. Pray, God, that you'd help us to see the wisdom and the power and the grace, God, that is in your word this morning to help all of us. 
I pray, God, there'd be anointing, that your glory, God, would shine upon your people. Give us, I pray, faith to trust you in all things. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's talk about the Bible's exhortation here, and Peter is speaking. Now remember, Peter was married. Peter was different than the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, uh, many of you are aware, was celibate, or he didn't have a wife. Most Bible commentators believe that Paul actually did have a wife, but because he embraced uh, Jesus Christ and the Christian faith, uh, his wife being so tied into the to the uh, the, the uh, Jewish culture there, and there was a split, and so Paul did much of his teaching as on marriage as an unmarried man. But Peter, that's not the that's not the the case with Peter. Peter was a married man, and so here now he's giving wives some insight into marriage from God's vantage vantage point. And so uh, uh, this, the, the teaching here is just as real, is just as important, just as true today as it was when Peter wrote these words. And much of the New Testament's exhortation, that word exhortation means uh, 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 encouragement uh, or, or, or insight into, into your life, much of the Bible's exhortation to women was largely in the context of marriage. Largely in the context of marriage. The Bible here is, is Peter talking to wives in particular. And, he, and the Bible, I want you to know, uh, is it, the role of, of a wife is a highly exalted one. And that's why, you know, I think this is more, very common and normal and little girls uh, want to get married. They're already talking about, uh, they start talking about marriage way before little boys do. Now, you know, it's not that I don't hang around a bunch of five and six and seven year olds anymore, but, uh, you know, when I was that age and little, little girls, and I've said this before, they wanted to play house. They were already talking about, uh, you know, they already kind of got the concept of, at least in their, in their limited understanding of marriage, uh, and, and so forth, uh, because God has already put this in a woman. And, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, Eve came from God's hand and she was already created uh, already for Adam. He did, she didn't go through any process like Adam did. We know that Adam, God put him in the garden. He gave him instructions. He had him busy. He's doing all of these things. And then he brought Eve to Adam, but uh, that was not the case with Eve. She was created, uh, and from the very moment that uh, she starts to breathe the first breath, uh, she's a wife. And so, uh, you know, uh, in in honoring the whole the, the concept or the or the theology of what they call the importance of first mention, uh, it says something very important that uh, a woman's highest place is as a wife. And I'm going to tell you, this is not popular today. This is the generation that says, uh, women, you need to have a life just like a man. Modern feminism uh, was an attack uh, against this idea, against the idea that uh, God created you to be a wife uh, and take a man's name. Uh, this is a generation that has thrown that off and said, uh, no, 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 we're, we can, I'll be in the WNBA if I want to be, you know. And so this is that generation. 
Eve was not created as this independent, hip, single career girl that had it all together, you know, or at least acts like she did, uh, and uh, lives this, uh, this, um, uh, you know, wild kind of life, uh, just kind of living like a single man would. There was a, there was a, a, a show that uh, was very popular several years ago called Sex in the City. And it was about a bunch of single women in New York. And, you know, forgive me for, for putting it like this, uh, but the real name of the show should have been Sluts in the City because uh, that's the way these women live their life. And, you know, the fact is it wasn't even written by women. Gay men would, were writers on that program. And so we're talking about something else here. This is not the desire, I don't believe, of women to live like single men because God has put it in their heart to be a wife, to be a mother. And yet, it is very much under attack today. In fact, somebody wrote about this, the women that were in this sitcom, uh, I believe it was on HBO, and uh, uh, um, they said that none of the women in the show live like that in their real life. And yet so many people, young women that are impressionable, thinking that somehow uh, they can live this kind of life. And that's why there's all kinds of hooking up today and so on and so forth. Uh, but it never works. It always leads to pain. Uh, it always leads to destruction. Uh, and it's not good for them. And it's not good for children. And it's not good for society. We have the story in the, in the Old Testament of a woman named Vashti. Now, the Bible says that she was the, the queen and um, uh, in a very public setting. Um, uh, the king asked for her, and, you know, they weren't getting along, apparently. And so she very publicly disrespected her husband. You can read about it in the book of Esther, the first chapter. This is why there was an opening for queen, because Vashti uh, said, you know what, uh, uh, I don't care what he's calling for me, uh, I ain't coming. Now, some people believe she had good reason because of what he wanted her to do and so forth. Uh, but the point is, he very publicly, or excuse me, she very publicly uh, humiliated her husband. Now, when your husband's a king, that is not a good idea. The Bible says that, that uh, when the attendants delivered the king's command, Queen Vashti refused to come. And the king became furious and burned with anger. And so here he is uh, with all of his subjects uh, and all of his, uh, his uh, other, the other leaders of the country. And she publicly humiliates him. Uh, and so he's burning with anger. And one of his... Associates said, Queen Vashti has done wrong, not only against the king, but against all the nobles and all the people of all the provinces. For the queen's conduct will become known to all women, and they will despise their husbands. And King Azuras commanded Queen Vashti to be brought before him. She would not come. And this very day, the Persian and Median women of nobility have heard about the queen's conduct, will respond to all the king's nobles in the same way, and there will be no end of the disrespect and the discord. And so this was how they were reading this, uh, that she's going to affect other women, and it was going to be, uh, it was going to be, you know, an upheaval. And that's why. Vashti was removed as queen, and they began to search for another. And if you know the story of Esther, uh, that's how she became queen. 
And yet, you know, parts of that story you can't even, you couldn't even mention today. Feminist movement is so ingrained in our culture that, uh, you know, they might even consider what I'm saying this morning to be hate speech uh, or I'm trying to advance what they call some kind of patriarchal dominance uh, that holds women in bondage. And it's very difficult many times as a woman who wants to be a serious Christian uh, in 2016 uh, to find proper balance. And so he's talking to, to women who are in a difficult place and reminding them that the place of wife is an exalted place. It's a high place. Proverbs says to men, whoever finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor of the Lord. Whoever finds a wife finds a good thing. Every man should pay attention to that verse because, you know, it's, it's something very profound and very powerful. That they, uh, that uh, uh, to find a wife is a good thing. The Bible also, though, deals with reality. And that is that sometimes there's harsh truths to reality. You know, being born a woman, especially in the first century, man, had lots of disadvantages to it. And uh, that's the way our world was. But even today, being born a woman, I think, has built-in disadvantages. Now, if you're a young female, I'm not trying to make you depressed. That's not my point. I'm trying to give you some perspective here upon life. And so uh, he's talking to women who are in a marriage relationship. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not going well. And the husband is not all that he should be. I know you don't know anybody like that, but just talking to some people out there, you know. And he's saying, wives, be submissive to your own husbands, even if they don't obey the word. Now, this is a tough one. And yet, uh, it's reality. And so, uh, uh, you know, this is, uh, th- this is the role that you've been given in life. Even if your husband is uh, not uh, everything that he should be. In, uh, and uh, I'm not sure any husband ever could be. But this is especially true because he's talking to Christian women. He's not talking to to, to uh, your cousin or your aunt at somewhere. Uh, he's talking to Christian women, and he's he's uh, saying very plainly that uh, there is a subservience uh, in your place in life. James Brown's song is "This is a man's world." This is a man's world. I feel like singing it to you. But it wouldn't be nothing, he says, without a woman or a girl. That was his point, you know. James Brown, the philosopher. But, you know, this is a man's world. Most men, if they have a healthy, a healthy, a healthy self-image, <laughs> if they have a, a healthy self-image, which I'm losing at the, by the, at the moment, but... Um, they are uh, they're really glad that they were born a man. Amen. Except for Bruce Jenner, most other men were glad that they were born men. Because they kind of know that women, you know, women have things, things are harder. They feel things deeper. 
That's why when, when, uh, when, when Peter's talking to the husbands, he tells them, uh, dwell with your wife with understanding. That's what women want from their men. Have a little understanding, a little depth. Uh, think beyond, you know, your, your uh, caveman tendencies, you know. Have some understanding. Give honor to the wife. But he says, as to the weaker vessel. Now, that doesn't mean she can't handle stuff. That doesn't mean that uh, she's just this, uh, you know, wilted little violet all the time, just falling, oh, I can't, you know, they're not wimps. That's not what he's talking about. But they take things, it hurts, things hit them harder. But he says to the men that, uh, that you understand you're heirs together of the grace of life. Why? That your prayers would not be hindered. And so a man's spiritual relationship with God, he says, is dependent on your, your, your marital relationship. And sometimes, you know, when I'm in my cynical way of thinking, I'm thinking sometimes your prayers are hindered because your own wife is praying against you, you know. <laughs> but the challenge for a woman is to be able to handle this relationship. You know, a lot of women today are giving up on men, you know. And it couldn't be sadder. It's not just sad, it's tragic. Because you were created for that purpose. And they're giving up, uh, uh, you know, I'll act like a man myself. Yeah, there's a few of those around. You know, I went into the restaurant over here the other day, and I'm not picking on this restaurant in particular, but, you know, uh, I saw a lot of couples, and uh, there was one man and one woman, but neither of them were men. Huh? And they're saying, I'm going to give up on men. I'm going to, I'm not going to accept that kind of place in life. Uh, and all men want to do is dominate you and treat you bad and hurt you and violate you. Uh, and they're getting this over and over again. And sometimes it creeps into the church. Even today, Christian women are like, uh, they don't like this kind of stuff that Peter's saying. Even if you're in a difficult relationship, uh, wife, uh, submit yourself under your own husband. Submit yourself unto your own husband. Listen to the New Living Translation. In the same way, you wives accept the authority of your husbands. Then, even if some refuse to obey the gospel, your godly lives will speak to them even without any words. They will be won over. By observing your pure and reverent life, don't be concerned simply about the outward Fancy hairstyles or expensive jewelry or beautiful clothes, clothes. You should clothe yourself instead with the beauty that comes from within. The unfading beauty of a gentle and a quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. This is how the holy women made themselves beautiful. They trusted God and they accepted the authority of their husbands. Now think about what Peter's saying here. He's not, he's not at all uh, under any kind of delusion. He is speaking by the Holy Spirit. I think sometimes we read the Bible and say, that would be nice, but no way. That'd be, uh, I know it's what the Bible says, but you don't understand my husband. You don't understand what he's put me through. You don't understand how I was raised. Uh, and so, you know, I just kind of put the Bible by, but, uh, 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 into the optional category at that point. For instance, Sarah obeyed her husband, Abraham, and called him, I know it's a hard one, 
Master. So here's what you need to do, wife, this afternoon. No, I'm kidding. You're waiting for it. You're waiting for it. Here it comes, you know. You're not I dream a genie. Master, you know. That's just not, that's just not, um, uh, you know. You don't have to call your husband master, but I'll tell you something. He's not your servant either. Maybe you don't say, okay, he, uh, Sarah called her husband uh, Lord. Uh, the, the New King James says Lord. In other words, she had a real respect for her husband. She wouldn't just, uh, you know, start start ripping up, ripping him up, slicing and dicing. And by the way, he says, "I'm talking to wives because this is very common. It's not just one." You know, if you're a wife that has a husband that wants to be a Christian, wants to serve God. Man, you should be, you should be happy. I know that, is that radical? You should be really happy. In fact, if you really thought about it, I'm talking about a man who has a heart to do the will of God and, and loves God and wants you both to go to heaven, uh, if he, and he's living his life with, uh, you know, maybe he's not again all that he should be, but you know, he's uh, going in the right direction. He does have a heart for God, uh, you ought to be doing cartwheels. You ought to car wheel yourself into church sometimes, you know. We'll open those doors back there, you know. Well, my husband, and he's just not this, and he's just not that, and he just, uh, listen, uh, if he loves God and he wants to come to church, uh, you know how rare that is? You know. Women act like this is, I want a godly man. I want the man who is going to be a leader. He's going to hear from God. And he's going to do a, and then if God will give you that man, you start to rebel against him. I want, that's what I want. I don't believe you. I think that's a nice spiritual thing to say. I want a godly man who makes decisions. And, and then once he tries to start doing that, wait a minute. Hmm. I asked a, women this a long time ago. Can your husband tell you what to do? Huh? Hey, pastor, this is 2016, man. You know, I'm going to vote for Hillary just for that one. You know. Can your husband tell you what to do? Again, all within the context of the Word of God. Bible says, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. That means there's a certain context to it. But can he tell you, no, no, this is what I want you to do. Forget about that. I want you to do this. Can he do that to you? Or is it the other way around? I ain't doing it. I don't want to do it. I don't do it. You know, and it doesn't mean you actually like it and that you don't have insight and words to talk about. I'm not saying it's not, you know, I'm not talking about Hitler dictator, you know, just, yeah, you're doing, you know, and yes, master. And then you move on to the next room. That's not obviously what I'm talking about. But I am talking about a certain heart that a wife has that gives reverence to her husband. This culture has, has, has been on the wrong track for so long. It's lost this. The feminist movement is right there, trying to get our girls, trying to tell them. Remember back in the 90s, some of you 
perhaps remember, excuse me, remember this. They had a whole program led by uh, the feminist movement, Gloria Steinem, and all these women. And they had a magazine called Ms. Magazine that went out of business because there aren't enough radical feminists to keep it, keep it going. But they, um, the whole thing was take your daughter to work day. And they sponsored these, I don't know how often, several times a year. And they got a lot of media coverage, a lot of media people, and all the talking heads on the news, a bunch of women. They just built this up. And so, you know, I don't know if you were one of those daughters that went to work with your, with your mom. But they were try or or your dad. But they were trying to say something. Uh, don't uh, you're not a house you're you're not a housewife. You're not put on this earth uh, to be a mother and a wife. No, 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 no. You're gonna have your own ideas and you're gonna do your own thing. And we're looking at the fruit of it now. Twenty years later, twenty five years later. And so even in Peter's day, there was conflict. There was difficulty, and he's telling the, uh, the, the wives, Christian wives, he's talking to Christian women, that this is how you need to respond if you're in a difficult marriage, in a difficult situation. Notice a couple of things very quickly. He says that you can have a powerful impact on your husband if you'll pay attention to what he's saying. He uses the word one. You can win your husband. You know, you don't have to raise your hand here, wife, but how many, how many wives know you see things in your husband that definitely need fixing? Don't raise your hand. Donna, don't raise your hand, you know. Okay. They need fixing, need, you know, and yet all of your talking hasn't worked. All of your preaching, all of your, it hasn't worked, has it? Because he's a rebel, that's why, you know. Um, no, and he's just, uh, men are very hard-headed. That's true. But I'll tell you something about men. They tune out women with negative words. They tune them out. They did that with their mom, and they're going to do it with you too. Well, their mom is messed up. She's all jacked up. She wasn't a Christian like me, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and keep believing. Go ahead and keep believing that. that they tune it out. Or if you're preaching down to them, tune it out. Because in their spirit and in their heart and in their knowledge, they know they weren't given a wife to be in that predicament or in that situation. And so they, it, it, it just bounces right off. And if anything, it causes more conflict. And so he's trying to help you here. Peter's not against you. Well, Peter, man, he's just, he's just, a, I don't like Peter. I don't like this chapter. This is one of those, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get another interpretation. No, Peter is for you. Peter's on your side. He's saying, listen, this, this is the way, this is how it works. Even if some don't obey the gospel, your godly life will speak to them without a word. By them observing what? Your pure and your reverent life. They'll see something. If you're true, if you're real, they're going to see something in your spirit that they know is from God. And you can win them. 
Wives have, you know that you have a very important part in your husband's development and your husband's future. You understand that. That's why God gave him to you. But it's not going to be done except God's way. You know what men want? Exactly what God said. I will make a helper compatible or suitable for you. Because God knows it's not good that man should be alone. I'm going to make a helper for him. Somebody that is going to lift him up. Years ago, I read a story about Rose Kennedy. Parade Magazine. She was already like 93 years old. Those of you who don't know who Rose Kennedy is, she's a mom of John F. Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, and all the Kennedy clan. She's a matriarch. And they interviewed her, and she just talked about how she had like 12 kids or 9, 10 kids, a lot of kids. And, and she, that was her, that was her role. Her husband was a businessman, and uh, she raised her kids, and they were just talking about how she did that. She, she, she was a, a, was a teacher, and so, you know, she, she just talked all this individual stuff, how she was with her children, uh, and all of them, you know, did very impressive things with their life. President, Sec- uh, uh, Attorney General in Robert's case before he got killed. And, uh, you know, but the, the writer of the story made this observation. It was a woman writing the story, and she said, what if Rose Kennedy, being this very impressive woman, had been born uh, in, our t- in our day? Just think what she could have done. And I'm thinking, I couldn't believe that she could miss the point so badly. Give, it, give a modern journalist, uh, you know, uh, the chance to miss the meaning, and they will. She just raised people that were changing the world. They were from her. She raised them. And all this woman could see is, just think if she had lived today, what she could have done with her life. Yeah, but what about her kids? But that's the mentality today. Rose Kennedy, could she have been the first president? Women president? You know, and that's the spirit of our age. And yet here's the Bible and Peter giving direction that you can win your husband. That means your words are very important. Somebody wrote these words, a young, beautiful woman is an act of nature. A beautiful, older lady is a work of art. People are really into beauty. This is not anything new. That's why Peter talks about a woman's adornment, you know. And he's telling women, as I bring this to a conclusion here, he said these women, speaking of the holy women, trusted in God, they also adorned themselves. Listen. Being submitted to their own husbands. Verse 5. Don't let your adornment, verse 3, be merely outward, your hairstyle, your wearing of gold, your clothes. Now, he's not against that. Believe me, I'm not against that either. You know, women love to adorn themselves. And what's the word? Accessorize. You know, that's all good. Men are appreciative of that. 
But Peter's saying something very important. Don't let your adornment simply be the outer adorning. But he says there is an inner adorning that's even more precious and it's more beautiful. And he calls it an incorruptible beauty. See, too many women today, man, uh, all they've done is they've concerned themselves like the world wants them to with the outward beauty, the outward adorning, the outward things, uh, trying their best uh, to beat the curse and stay ahead of the curb, uh, trying to stay looking young. uh, And they get to the age where they're middle aged and they are miserable because they've never worked on the inner beauty. They've never worked on the incorruptible beauty that God gives people. And I'm going to tell you, as we're looking at this in context, your husband has a lot to do with that beauty. Sometimes women get frustrated in their marriages, and then they act like they're going to be super spiritual, you know. But if you're paying attention to the Spirit and to the Word of God, it'll lead you right back to your husband. And how he speaks to, how you, how you, uh, uh, listen to him. And how you have a heart of submission to him. Titus, talking to women. Or, or speaking about women in the church. Teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live. Not to be gossipers or slanderers. But to teach what is good. They should train the younger women to love their husbands and their children. That means an older woman in the Lord, uh, you ought to be setting an example uh, how to treat your husband and how you take care of your children. To be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home. Now again, this is not to say there's not women work today. I understand that. But most godly women want to be home as much as they can be home. Especially if they have children. And sometimes they arrange their schedules and get jobs that is going to allow them to be home more. Because it's right there in the Bible. Uh, Teach young women to be busy at home. Well, this is kind of controversial. You know, sometimes the Bible is. That's why it's the Bible. doesn't stop there. Teach them to be kind. Again, this is Titus now, chapter 2. To be kind, to be uh, submitted to their husbands. There it is again. For this purpose, Titus says... Or Paul says to Titus, I should say, that no one will malign the Word of God. He's saying, you know, if, if you have a godly marriage, and, a, and it's particular a wife that's doing what God wants her to do, it's lifting up the, the Word of God. It's lifting up Christianity. It's lifting up the church. But he says, if that's not happening, he says that people are maligning. That means putting it down or speaking ill of it. Somebody said, when a man and woman marry, they become one. The trouble starts when they try to decide which one. 
Choose a wife by your ear, by your ear rather than your eye, says the proverb. <laughs> so to Samson, she looked good to me. Yeah, but her name was Delilah and she was going to take you out. Choose your wife by your ear rather than your eye. Ooh. Martin Luther said, it is no small gift from God. Listen, it is no small gift from God to find a wife who is pious. That means serious Christian. Who is pious and easy to get along with. I mean, this is Martin Luther. It sounds so simple. But listen to it again. It is no small gift from God to find a wife who is pious and easy to get along with. I guess in Luther's uh, world, he saw a lot of women who were pious, but they were not easy. And so he said, don't take it for granted. You know... As I said earlier, God put it in a woman's heart to, number one, want a husband. You know, the problem with a lot of women today, they don't want husbands. They want a marriage, or a wedding, I should say, but they don't want a marriage. <laughs> I want my wedding. And they read these big old, huge, thick books of wedding dresses, and they plan it all out. And the question is, what kind of wife are you going to be? You know, marriage, it's not about the wedding. Martin Luther again. The devil cannot bear to see married people agreeing well with each other or getting along or having a place where they're happy and they're blessed and they're enjoying each other and their home has peace to it. I remember years ago, you know, I was a newlywed. You know, newlyweds sometimes have little fights, you know. And hopefully, you know, they don't, they get fewer and not nearly as intense, you know, over the years. But I was a, I was a newlywed and, and, um, you know, I used to live across the street from Pastor Warner, you know, across the street, you know, which was sometimes troubling, but, uh, I remember it was one of those, one of those moments, you know, it was just high stress in the home and just, you know, uh, you know, and just, uh, uh, who knows over what, who knows, probably some stupid thing. But, but Pastor Warner called me right at that time, right at that moment, you know. I go, man, I know he didn't hear us, we weren't that loud, you know. <laughs> but, but he was, he was too far away, I mean, he, no way, we weren't, but, but he did call me and he said, I need, uh, could you come over here? Uh, do you have, I, he needed something and he asked me if I had it and I did. And so he goes, could you bring it over here? And so I, and him and Mona were working on something. They were in there, they were, and it seemed like right when I stepped through the threshold of their house, there was like this peace. I can't explain it, but it was a peaceful, uh, you know, sister, just, uh, you know, like there were just, and there weren't, it seemed like there were birds that are just flying around. They weren't, but they seemed like, you know, and everything was, just stepping into his living room. Now, you know, I don't want to make too much of this except to say there is a blessing that can come on every home. It's the peace. It's the glory of God. It's the grace of God. 
And our homes and our marriages don't have to be, you know, uh, just, uh, you know, constant turmoil and constant stress, uh, constant difficulty. But the blessing is right here. And so, wife in particular this morning, pay attention to Peter. You can win your husband. You know, and it's not wrong what you know he needs and what he should be. You're right. You're not wrong. But you have a way of bringing that to pass if you'll pay attention to what God's saying here. The historian Will Durant said these words. I'll close with this. The love we have in our youth, speaking of a married couple, the love we have in our youth is superficial compared to the love, listen, that an old man has for his old wife. He said that on his 90th birthday. There's something powerful there. Your marriage doesn't have to go downhill. Your love doesn't have to decrease. do not have to turn into one bad day after another. But God can be glorified in, in, in a great way in your marriage. I want you to bow your heads with me as we pray.